Hey, Gail. How are you? Good afternoon, Lynette. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Hey, listen, so I am super happy to have you here today. You and I met through a mutual Instagram friend. Uh, I was asking her, she, she had been on my podcast already. I was asking her, do you know any fabulous women that are doing some really great things for other women in their midlife or whatever? And she had mentioned, yes, I do. Gail Scott. So I reached out to you and I'm super happy that you're here today to uh, be part of This Is 50 podcast. So Gail, you are an image consultant and founder of, co-founder of Midlife Moxie, which is a podcast uh, that you do that promotes other women that are doing really great things in their profession as well. So um, I'm going to hand the floor over to you. Give me a little bit of your background. I know that you spent a long time uh, working as a Mary Kay consultant. So I want to hear all about that and then how you got into um, more of a image consulting, how your image consulting business has expanded and how you started Midlife Moxie. Well, gosh, thanks for having me today, Lynette. And that's a lot right there that may take all of our time. So for 27 years, I've been working with women to help them look their best and to also be their best. And I really have loved that. I didn't have any sisters growing up. My mom wasn't a makeup girl. And of course, I come out of the womb being a makeup loving girl, love fashion. And back in the day, you know, all we had was when Seventeen Magazine showed up at our door. That's all the guidance we got. So my generation grew up without having the internet to show us how to do our makeup. And so I've loved teaching women over the years how to look their best, how to take care of their skin and showing them that you are as beautiful as the next girl. You just need the right products and the right tricks. So when COVID came, I had long had a face-to-face, knee-to-knee, toe-to-toe business, but it became apparent that that was going to need a shift to deal with the pandemic. And so we started doing a lot of things virtually and online, and I realized the reach that I could have with what I do and how my skills could really play out in this platform. Because women were now on camera like we'd never been before. And on camera is very different than in person. And I noticed, you know, people were not making sure that their background was getting clean and that what they had on was um, camera camera ready and, and showed them in their best light on camera. So started moving into this space of helping women with that. And actually, my first consultant job came because somebody asked me to help them. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. It was in my wheelhouse. And so there's where Shine On Image Consulting was born. I thought, you know, this is really an expansion of our brand and what I do. And I found it was really a needed service that I help people show up on camera and on video, but also in photographs, that their graphics were on point with their business and that they were truly putting the message out there. Because Lynette, these little profile pics, those bios, those are the business card and the billboard of today, and they represent you. And, you know, we need people to click your pick. And if your pick does not represent you and your brand, and that messaging is not all harmonious, then we lose people. Exactly. And, and you know, it, I, I do, I love that, that you, you, you niche down there, because, you know, to paraphrase what you said, alignment to who you say you are, and what you're showcasing on social platforms and off is what you think people are not necessarily 
it, it doesn't match. And, and I really like that. And um, even in our pre-call, we talked a lot, a lot, a little bit about my daughter and she was saying, you know, mom, my, my Instagram isn't necessarily, um, isn't necessarily reflective of the person that I am. And that's where, you know, we don't, I find people aren't even giving out business cards anymore. It's like, oh yeah, I'll just follow you on social. So it's really, it's a really nice niche. So, so tell me what, give me some examples of some women that you've helped um, with their image online and, and like, how can you tell who they are offline and who they are online? Some of my favorites are my very first consulting client was a gal who came to me and just said, I want help with video. She said, I'm outgoing. I'm not shy. She had had a lot of coaching. Her business plan was on point. She was highly skilled, which is um, what has been very interesting about this is I find people have a lot of business training, but there's these little spaces, these little places where there's a disconnect. And so even though she hired me for help with her reels, which is something I've really embraced and you should, if you haven't. I was able to spot some other things for her, like her branding colors were a little disjointed. She had not selected colors that really resonated with her. And here's a special pro tip. If you're a female and you're starting a business, you need some branding colors that look good on you and around you. Because when you go to have t-shirts made or you're appearing somewhere with a backdrop that's got your branding, you want to look your best. So keep that in mind. So we identified some holes for her. And that's why I love being a consultant. There's a lot of coaches out there and coaches are great, but I didn't want to tell people what to do in their life or their business. I just wanted to help them identify those spots where it could be a little better. And sometimes it's not terrible. Some of the clients I work with, it's okay, but it's not as good as it could be. And it's not doing what they needed to do. So in her case, she was very outgoing and had a great message. And when we sat down and brainstormed, we talked through the mechanics of reels and I gave her some ideas. She's like, oh my gosh, I would never have thought these things up. And that was really eye-opening to me when I started to hear people say that over and over. I would never have thought of that. I thought, okay, Gail, you have some giftedness in creativity and thinking these things up and handing them to people. And they loved it because then she took it and run with it. And we redid her profile pic. We took it from ho-hum to wow and added her branding colors. And she just looks like her Instagram account is now that of a rock star. Plus, she, we worked on her makeup. We worked on her color choices on her face. We worked on her wardrobe. We worked on, you know, I talked to people about their backgrounds and how to get that on point. But that was just to see her take it and run with it was so amazing. Now, a client I was working with just this week, we've been working on her Instagram banner. It was terrible. Someone had done it for her. And (laughs) this is so funny because someone had taken professional portraits. Someone had done this banner and she wasn't happy with either one. And when you looked at the the banner fully, her arm was cut off. I mean, cut off like an amputee at the wrist. And it was like, you know, when you're in a store with your mom and you're a child and you knock the, the, the little mannequin's hand off, that's what it looked like. And she was like, oh my gosh, I did not even see that until you said it, but now I can't see anything else. So I found that I had a really good eye to see what's right and what's wrong and just what could be tweaked and be better. So I love coming in and just doing that, just, you know, dialing it up. Like you really get that radio station tuned in clearly 
you eliminate the static, you really make her shine. And so that's why I decided to call it Shine On Image Consulting, because my job is to make people shine, and I love it. Uh, awesome. I love it. Shine On Consulting. I love it. So when you think about you know image consulting, are these all just women that are you know, doing a business and, and they're promoting their business online? Or are you saying that, you know, even if you're not an online business It's owner, all over the place. Yeah. Some women just need to look better in general. And, you know, as we roll into midlife, there are women that are still using the same acne cleanser they used in high school and still right. do a wrinkle cream. And they're still doing their eyeliner the same way they did in high school. And we need to update. But a good example is that my business partner in the podcast, Midlife Moxie, she's beautiful, y'all. She's a knockout. Like, she's like Jessica Rabbit, that body and this beautiful mane of hair and this glowing, beautiful skin. But she said, you know, I really am not good at picking out clothing for myself. I want to add some color because she was that girl that went and bought the same colors every time, what we're comfortable with. And so she just asked me as her partner and we made a deal. I said, well, if you'll help me with this, something she was getting some training on, I'll do some shopping for you. Right. So I had these clothes sent to her home with free returns and she tried them on and she loved them. And it was a great way to just infuse some color in a way that I could see colors that would work for her. But I also knew her and what she was and was not going to appreciate. And I think that's what's so important in what somebody like me does. We come in as with an objective eye, but also the subjectivity of knowing a little bit about you. And so we make choices that suit you. Yeah, no, that's great. So when you say, um, you know, we've been wearing the same, our eyeshadow or our eyeliner the same way for the past 20, 30 years, how do you convince somebody to make that change? Because it has to be some sort of form of security blanket or something that that's happening. Like for myself, I know I love to go into Nordstrom or Holt Renfrew up in Canada and, you know, sit down at the Tom Ford counter or wherever and say, Hey, listen, just do my makeup. And, but not everybody's doing that. So how, how do you say that in a way that, People will feel kind of vulnerable, but yet willing to That's make kind a change. Of a million dollar question is that, yeah, usually don't start with your eyeshadow <laughs> sucks and your. You know, if, if you're one of my close friends, you may get that. We may get really intimate and direct. But here's the thing I found that showing people is much better than telling them. And so I regularly will let my clients see me without makeup, without certain things. I will show them how to do it the wrong way. Like I'll do my, all the makeup mistakes and take a photo and do a side by side. But also I just always say, I, I won't, you know, push you to purchase products from me or purchase my services, but I'll twist your arm to kind of give me a shot. Let me show you. And so when I show women and I encourage them to just, just try this color on, don't even look at it, just put it on. And especially if I can show them in a picture, because we become a little bit, um, we see things through a different lens when we look at a photo and we can see what difference it makes. They get it. And I love that moment when they get it. Because in the services I provide, it's not just like you go to a beauty counter and they do your makeup one time or you're paying a makeup artist. 
I teach women and I teach them what they're looking for. And I teach them to have the critical eye. Like I will show them, do you see this? And do you see that? Do you see the why behind it? And I think once you teach her to make new decisions, like when we're working on her wardrobe, learning what colors she looks best in, what cut she looks best in, and learning which retailers are going to give her the best chance of making a good decision. So I do the same thing when I work with their makeup. I help them build customized palettes that are all right for them. So she has a really good chance of making a right decision. And then I teach her the application tricks and I show her her way and the new way. And, you know, when people see it, then I don't have to talk them into anything. They're like, oh, gosh, I had no idea. But you know what else I found, Lynette? And we find this on the podcast a lot, too. People can be really comfortable in some crappy situations and with some crappy things around them. But a lot of people are more afraid of the change than they are than just being okay or average or even less than any of those. That's comfortable for them and it's the known. And I'm a challenger. I'm an Enneagram 8. I'm going to challenge you to get out of your comfort zone and what you've always known and to try something different. And I make it clear to my clients, you can always go back to what you were doing. No loss, no foul here. But seeing that with women, whether we're talking about careers, makeup, you know, wardrobe, relationships, they get super comfortable in what they know. And that can be a dangerous place to be. Yeah. And, but how do we even recognize that? Because I, I totally agree. Comfort breeds so many different things. And, but how do you, how does somebody know that they need to reach out to you? Well, first of all, if you haven't made any changes in a very long time in your appearance, anyone can have an upgrade. And even though we're not looking to be trendy, trends do change. Like right now, cheap colors back. Like it hasn't been yeah. in many years and I'm here for it. And so I've tweaked my cheap color application because that's what's on trend. And when you are at least within trends and it, it tells people that you're aware and that you're in the game. And when you live just completely outside of any kind of trend, it can make you seem and feel dated. And if you're in the cutting edge of business, I think having a cutting edge image says something about you and almost makes people trust you because they're like, oh, she's in the game. She knows what's up. And it's not like about looking like everyone else. You always want to pay attention to your color and your features first. So some things to look for. If you look at your pictures and you're less than excited, if no one is complimenting you, like when's the last time someone complimented your hair, your eyes, your skin, a new outfit, um, you know, ask a friend, say, do you think I look my best? Ask someone like me. I am happy to tell you if your look is awesome and there's nothing I can do for you, girl, I will tell you, keep doing what you're doing. But there's rarely anyone that can't take a few updates and tweaks and you know, Lynette, the technology moves so fast now, just from season to season on what's available and what we can do as far as our appearance. It really behooves us to keep up and check in regularly. I really believe to check in seasonally as well. Um, your skin tone changes. Things change over the years with age. Um, some seasons you get more sun than others. There's different things going on in your life. 
um, you know, just check in with yourself and ask someone who's trusted if you need a touch up or come to someone like me and say, would you have any recommendations for me? And if you're working with the right person, they'll be honest. I'm not here to just change you for the sake of changing you. Yeah, no, I love that. And and you're right. Like, it's just a matter of just sitting down with your girlfriends and saying, I mean, hopefully your girlfriends will say, yeah, you could probably use a little bit of a refresh or whatever. So let's go back um, to the to. Can I add one more thing? Yeah, there, go for it. yeah you sure. know, when you're talking to your girlfriends, are you the girl that people ask? Yeah. Do people ask you what you use on your hair? Who cuts your hair? I can't. Right. I mean, my hair looks a little rough today. We're experiencing some incredible humidity here in South Carolina. <laughs> but over the years, I've had so many people say, who does your hair? Who right. does your hair? Who does your hair? Or, you know, what foundation, you know, if people are asking you questions, they're like what they're seeing. So if no one's ever asking you where you shop or who does your hair, that can be a red flag. Yeah, yeah no. So... I, I love all that, and thank you for that. So let's let's take a step back to just before March when everybody got shut down. How? So you're 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 working in your Mary Kay business. Um, COVID, everybody's got to shut down. So what was the process that you went through to help you? I mean, I don't think you did a complete reinvention, but you definitely reinvented right. yourself. So. What was the process that you, the good, the bad, the ugly, what did you go through during that moment? Well, first there was a moment of panic. You know, I think we were all asking ourselves, is this for real? You know, is this um, five days or a full week? You know, is this, how long is this? And and two years later, we're kind of like, what the hell? Um, But it became, and and let me say this, I think people had a lot of different attitudes of it. I was on the more con- um, conservative side of going out. Um, my husband's a little older than me. I'm 55. He's in his sixties. I'm carrying some extra poundage, not as I'm carrying more than I was then actually, but also I have a child with asthma and aging father. And I just thought, you know, I have some people in my life and myself that this might not go well for us if we get it. So we were very cautious. Plus I had a medical background and I'm also a little bit of a germ phobe, so this is not a great time for me. You know, when you have a you have a little bit enough medical background to be dangerous, you know, you knew this was serious. And so we took it very seriously in our household. And so I knew I'm not going anywhere. And I had been seeing clients in their homes of mine for 27 years. And I, there was a little bit of panic. There was also panic about products and production because companies were having to shut down if they weren't, you know, um, products that were necessary for health, things like that. Yeah. Well, a couple of things happened. First of all, um, I, you, you just need to know I'm a person who's a fast pivot and I may cry. There may be things thrown across the room. There may be some explicatives, but I work through that and then I get about it because I learned long ago, I had had to move around the country several times with my husband's job. So over the years, I had made what I would call shifts or pivots where I had to figure it out. And I also knew that I couldn't be that girl that always just did what the next girl was doing. That didn't always work for me. And so I've always been an independent thinker. And I adapted the the mantra of what can I do rather than worrying about what I could not do. Because like when I moved across the country and knew no one in a state, I wasn't going to have clients immediately. That was a... 
couldn't do that, but I had to think about what I could do. So we started to embrace virtual and it's something that had been poo-pooed in our space for a very long time. And I kind of just said, this is what I'm doing. This is all I can do. And I'm going to give it a hundred percent. So we began working virtually. We kind of, I'm not going to say perfected it, but we got really good at it. And what we found too, is that there were all these women, especially midlife women trapped at home, climbing the walls. And so when we first started to do these spa nights and makeover nights, they were coming on in droves. I mean, we would have 70 women on a Zoom just to hear us talk about makeup. And it was so fun. It was so good to see people. And so for me, it was a fast shift. And I will just say this, Lynette, I think to succeed in life, if you learn to shift and pivot, it's going to be a much more comfortable ride than if you are just white knuckling, holding on to the way it's always been done. And so I just really encourage women to listen to their gut. You know, we have that, especially in midlife, we have perfected our gut feelings and we have the wisdom and just go with that. Like my friends are looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, we're doing this. This is what we're doing. You can join me or not. And they got on board and we led ourselves into a new way of doing our business. And for me, it opened up a lot of new avenues. That's great. I love that story. And so what did it open up? And, and you know, again, this, this, this common theme message is like, get yourself on the path, get moving forward one step. You know, we always think we need to maybe know the light at the end of the tunnel, but sometimes we don't even need to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think it's just getting on this path and testing um, and then other things just start to show up. So you got on the path. Once you really see that light at the end of the tunnel, you're probably on the front of the train. Yeah. (laughs) That may not be a good thing. If you're that close that you see it that clearly, it's probably too late. Um, Where do we even start that? I got so distracted by the light (laughs) on the tunnel. The the thing is, is you you got yourself on a path. And you yes. didn't really, you, you just, okay, well, you know what, what else can we do? What else can we do? But you didn't say, oh, okay, this is how we we're going to shift our business. And then something else came out of it, which is you met right. your partner uh, for midlife. I look at it like cracking open a door. Yeah. Have you ever cracked open a door and you look and you see something and you're like, okay, that's good. But then as you open the door farther and further, you see more and more. And instead of seeing the crippling effects of this, I start to see the opportunities. I'm like, whoa, wait, I can get online on a Zoom and work virtually with women across the country. This is great because typically I worked with women in my community and I could also be more interactive with the women I taught and trained and their clients. And I could help them build their businesses with my expertise. And this became a big thing. Now, about the same time that all this was going down, I was introduced to Clubhouse, which is a social audio app. And I realized through Clubhouse, I could meet clients and potential clients that I had never would have had the opportunity to meet. I also made collaborations with other women. And Lynette, the last three years in my business, that has been the name of the game for women and it's different and it ties into what we do at Midlife Moxie. Women now are becoming more collaborative instead of competitive. We realize that we have been held back with misogynistic attitudes and 
that lack mentality. Oh, there's not enough jobs. There's not enough men. There's not enough da-da-da. So we have to cut the next girl off of the knees so there'll be space for us. And we realized that that was just the big lie and that we could collaborate and support one another. That has opened up all kinds of opportunities for us. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, I, I love what you're saying there, because even though as women, we should be supporting women, you and I talked about this in our pre-call, where not every woman is supportive of other women. And it is this, what you describe, where we've been taught that everything is in such shortage for women that we have to cut other women off at the knees to get what we want. And that is just not where we need to be headed. We need to be supporting it or we will continue to stay in the same sort of environment that we are in the women today. So I love it. And so you're in, you're in Clubhouse, you're, you're meeting the community mm -hmm. and you meet your partner for Midlife Moxie. Well, I met her through my other business oh, through Zoom, okay. through Zoom okay. though, but through both, I've met not only my future clients through things like Clubhouse and, these, and um, being online through Instagram and all this, but I've met those collaborative partners. And I have been invited into the space of some incredibly powerful women, Lynette, who were willing to expose me to their audience and willing to pour into me. And I'm a pretty strong, independent woman. But to have people pour into you in a way that takes you to your next space and your next level and helps you see, you know, a lot of that happened to me during this COVID period. People are like, um, no, you really need to be coaching. You really need to be. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just doing this. And then I began to get clarity about, okay, I really don't want to coach, but I do want to consult. I do want to help women. And when people are willing to put you in front of their audience, that is the greatest testament, you know. And so seeing how women were working in this space and seeing that we're now realizing that we're past the point of needing to be jealous and petty and watching women start to support each other, like making the choice to have a woman build our website for Midlife Moxie, going in business with other women, having women on, women on the podcast we really start to claim our power. And part of Midlife Moxie, we feel that as women, when we raise our voices together, that that is going to get us the attention to the issues that impact us. And it gets the attention of retailers who make products for us. We're seeing more and more retailers create things that midlife women need. I've just got a new product on my desk. It's a spray for hot flashes. Like send it by the gallon, you know. And we're also seeing changes in medicine. Like um, one of my friends back home, she used to work as a um, OBGYN nurse. She went back to school, finished her nurse practitioner license, but went completely into the gynecological and women's health side. Now, to those of you who are still bearing babies, God bless you. And I think that's great. But what had happened is, as we became midlife women or we weren't childbearing women for whatever reason, when we walked into those offices, sometimes we felt out of place. We didn't feel like, we thought this is a baby factory. This is not about us and my dry vagina or my, you know, lack of sex drive or whatever, my, my you know, organs <laughs> prolapsing. And so what we're seeing, even in medicine, is women turning 
and the industry turning to address the needs because our collective voice has become so loud, so strong, so powerful that now we're not being overlooked like we used to be. And that just makes me Gosh, it just makes me so happy. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, even the whole thing about in our 50s and like 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, we should be embracing the the knowledge and the experience and, and who we are as women um, because we've gone through so much and we can bring so much to the table. Um, but we often, because society, as you are sort of alluding to, has sort of said, no, your place now is to stay home and maybe look after grandkids or just, you know, hit the golf course, but join your ladies clubs and, and not really kind of live that life that you, you should be living. And it's, it, it, I remember my daughter I, a year and a half ago, I, you know, I packed up everything and started to travel. And it's the first time I've really done anything just for myself. And my daughter, I'd be telling her stories and she'll be like, mom, it sounds like you're like reliving your 20s. And I thought, actually, I think probably I am, but it's actually even better now because I'm in a much better situation to be able to live that life. So yeah, it's it, way better. Yeah. We have the cash, we have the wisdom, we have it all. But we were so disorganized as a group, we didn't have that collective voice. Right. You know, if you think back to your mom, if she was like my mom, she didn't talk about menopause. Never. She didn't talk about hot flashes. That generation really didn't. Mm -hmm. And so they gave away their power. Mm -hmm. And our generation has reclaimed that. We're going to talk about, like I said, the dry vaginas, the hot flashes, all the things mm -hmm. in a way that is not only helping the next generation, but it even helps the men around us to better understand what we go through, the pain. Yeah. Women go through some incredibly painful experiences that we have, you know, suffered through in silence. But this new uprising is just so incredible because we're making life better, not just for us, but for future generations to not have to just bite the bullet and suffer like we did. No, I love it. So what do you think about women in their 50s? Or I, I, I'm speaking more 50s because, you know, my podcast is This is 50. Um what what do you think about a woman changing com careers completely at the age of 50? Go for it. And we're seeing a lot more of that because here's what has happened, especially for some of us. When I was, you know, 1920, we were still in that season where people still married at that age. I thought I could marry and finish college and, you know, be everything. And so I married younger and, you know, the next generation has waited but when you marry younger, you know, we're getting married, we're choosing careers, we're, we're starting to have families before our brain is even fully developed. So for me, when I hit midlife and it started my children moving out of the home, I started to realize I had never really lived life as a fully grown adult on my own. I went from my parents' house to a marriage. And I, I'm married now, so I do live with my husband, but I realized that there this is the first time I've been fully mature and have the time and energy to focus on myself yeah. without being worried about raising children. And I also realized as my children started to graduate, I lost some labels and some identity and that was good and bad because I did not realize all the labels that we pick up over the years. She's the room mom, PTA president, the Cub Scout mommy, the this, the that. And then when those children leave, those labels 
just kind of fall off onto the floor. And sometimes we don't have identity anymore. I mean, you've seen those women who their entire life is the PTA. Now, I was not that girl. But you find that we've, we've taken on some labels. We've given ourselves sometimes importance, connection. We just wanted to serve. But we've also had some labels given to us that maybe we didn't even want. And so when we get to midlife and we start, those start to fall away, I think for a lot of women, it can be very lonely. It can be very scary. That can feel very unimportant. But the flip side of that is this beautiful freedom to reinvent yourself, to go back and visit your little girl dreams, to remember who you are or find out who you are for the very first time. And because you're not having to put children first, for most of us now, I know some have some very heavy burdens with aging parents and raising grandkids, and I am not paying that any disservice. But for the majority of us, there is a certain freedom of time, money, and just brain space. And plus, something with this menopause hormonal changes gives us a big old dose of I don't give a F. And you combine that with the rest of this, and we are designed and poised to go live out a wonderful season, whether that's a new career, a new hobby, new relationships. I'm not telling anyone to leave their husband, but if you don't have one, you may find this a season to go get one. You may change your style. You may return to a former version of that hippy-dippy girl that you were. But it is definitely a season to explore and reflect on who you truly are. Because here's the thing, Lynette, once you get, you probably felt this way too, I'm 55. Once I turned 50, I knew that even though I had some forefathers who had lived to be in their hundred and something, that pretty much any good mathematician would tell me I'm halfway done. And if we're halfway done with our lives, if we don't take action now, the question would be when are we going to truly live the lives we are meant yeah. to live? And, you know, I, I, I love everything you just said there about the identity. I mean, I went through my own thing where I had to let go. I coined it as a mom hustler identity. I raised, eight, you know, two kids for 18 years, full time, financially, everything. Um, all I did was focus on raising them and getting to, to hockey and soccer and music and dance and going to recitals. And then, oh, by the way, I'm also a businesswoman. So now I'm you know, running my business. And, and when I woke up the first time where I didn't have those kids to look after anymore, and well, I still have them to look after, but they don't live with me anymore. Um, you know, I, right. I was staring at the ceiling and I thought to myself, like, what is next for me? I have done nothing for myself. And I probably didn't even really have any big dreams. I, I, I knew I had some things I wanted, like I wanted ocean living and I wanted to create some, you know, online offers and things like that. But those were just kind of dreams. They were never anything that really came to fruition until I was sort of pushed over the cliff, if you will, uh, with COVID and my consulting business dried up. And, but I think you're right. You you either can embrace this this time as a time that it should be the, almost some you're living your best life, or you can sit and do nothing and just not make any change. And what kind of life do you really want to live moving forward? So you talk about a lot about seasons. So is it this is this your season? I, I've heard the term a couple of times, but I want you to kind of expand on it a little bit. What is, what do you, when you say season, what are you really saying? 
Well, people want to attach numbers to midlife. And it's almost like, haven't you ever heard the weatherman? Like you're out there sweltering. It's 107. And he finally says, oh, summer's coming tomorrow. And you're thinking, the hell it is. Summer's here now. We define seasons instead of with numbers. We define them more by what's going on in your life. And for us in Midlife Mindset, it's a shared community of experiences and impacts that are taking place. For instance, menopause, um, hormonal changes, empty nesting, wrinkles and fine lines, um, some type of maybe midlife itch that seems to occur. So when we talk about seasons, we define them as things that we have in common. There's a commonality, just like for you, the weatherman saying, you know, he might say tomorrow's the first day of summer, but you've been feeling summer for a while. It's hot where you are. The flowers have bloomed. The swing pools are open. And for all intents and purposes, it is summer for you where you are. So some of this is going to be determined very personally by what's going on in your life rather than an age or a number. And so people will come and say, you know, who's midlife might see? And I said, we have women anywhere from late 30s all the way till the very end. And I got to thinking about this last night because people think of these seasons of life as being equal and equal, you know, equally in equal in length, let's say. So they say, oh, if you're going to live to 90, then midlife is 30 to 60. And I'm like, no, no one says these have to be equal. So I'm thinking, you know, young life is up to, for me, about maybe 35. And then I move into midlife. And I'm going to carry that to about 85. And then I'm going to have the end of life be very short. Why would I want the end of life to be long? I mean, come on. So I think we get to define the boundaries. Nature's going to define some of those for us. But the seasons are for us more about what's going on with you, how you're feeling and kind of where you are as a woman and as a person. And then, and then when you are in that particular season and you've kind of, okay, well, I'm, this is my season and I kind of define it, then you can kind of create the next season for yourself. Is that what you're saying with the season? Sure. Because seasons are going to be different. I, I had one child at 21 and one child at 35. Mm. So if you tried to just define me by yeah. numbers or the age of my children, it really would not pay true homage to who I was as a woman and as a person. And so I found these different places in my life where I may be the same age as some people around me, but I wasn't having the same shared experience. Right. And so we love to talk more about those experiences and the age plays a part, of course, but those shared common experiences really are more what we discuss in seasons. And I think we can also bring on a new season when we make new yeah. decisions. We can be the one that says, I'm going to step in a new season because I'm going to change the things around me and I'm going to define things. Yeah, like no, you that's said. really good. I love it. Gail, you have been amazing. Wow, we've like, it's 40 minutes. I feel like I could talk to you for the next 15 days. <laughs> I warned you, I warned you. Amazing. So where, Gail, can people find you? Well, a couple of places. Um, at Gail S. Scott on Instagram is one of the best places. I'm on there 
Good. lots. And um, that's a, a great place to connect with me. I'm very responsive to messages there. You can find me over on Clubhouse as Gail Scott. You can find our podcast anywhere on the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, or Ghana, Pod, whatever. And that's you Midlife Moxie. Midlife Moxie, M-O-X-I-E. And you can also reach out to us at midlifemoxiepodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to, um, you can go through our website, midlifemoxie.net. So there's no excuses there's no excuses I'm there and if you go to my Instagram you can actually go to my link tree because I work a little differently than some people I know in that consultancy and coaching space a lot of people are like let's do a discovery call and let me sell you on what I'm doing I have a services menu the prices are there I tell you what I offer and what you'll get time wise and um, specific things we would work on and so I don't play those kind of games. Yeah, Here's what I do. Up. Here's my prices. And you can find that right there in my link. I love the transparency. So, Gail, you've been a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, I've enjoyed listening to you. I really love the concept of seasons. And anybody that's looking to you know, make a shift and just sort of just change things up, I think that Gail is the person that you should be reaching out to. So thanks, Gail. Um, and I will talk to you soon. Well, thanks for having me, and I can't wait to collaborate with you in the future. Sounds good. Thank you.